Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, April 23rd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, gold and silver has had another pretty good week as dollar weakness gave metals a bit of a tailwind. There was also some safe haven buying as cases of COVID-19 from more transmissible variants seem to be on the rise, especially in Asia and Latin America. So that's creating a little bit of fear that the global economic recovery may slow down. Gold actually knocked on the door of $1,800 an ounce on Wednesday, rising just above $1,796. That's the highest price we've seen since late February. Analysts say that consumer demand in the giant markets of China and India is offering strong support for gold. I'm actually going to get into China in particular a little bit later in the show. Silver, meanwhile, has uh, risen comfortably above $26 an ounce after falling below that key level a couple of weeks ago. A move towards safety has also put a temporary lid on rising bond prices, and that's helped gold and silver as well. As I've discussed often on the podcast, rising bond yields are seen as a sign of inflationary pressure, and a lot of people seem to think that the Fed will do an about-face and actually tighten monetary policy to take inflation on. And I think this thinking is insane because the federal government has a lot more borrowing to do, and that requires nice, low interest rates. Inflation be damned. Speaking of government borrowing, I talk a lot about the deficit and the growing national debt on the show. I know a lot of people are kind of like ho-hum about that, but I think it's extremely important. Uh, You know, a lot of people have the old, well, it hasn't been a problem before, why worry about it now? mentality. Well, yeah, subprime mortgages weren't a problem either until they were. Anyway, through the first six months of fiscal 2021, the U.S. government ran a record $1.7 trillion budget deficit. And of course, there's no end in sight to the borrowing and spending. Just last month, the national debt eclipsed $28 trillion for the first time. But it's even worse than that. A lot worse. When you include unfunded liabilities such as Social Security and Medicare, the actual U.S. debt stands at $123.11 trillion. This according to the Financial State of the Union 2021 report published by an organization called Truth in Accounting. In order to pay off all of Uncle Sam's liabilities, every taxpayer in the U.S. would have to write a check for, get this, $796,000. Now, I don't know about you, but I ain't got that. The federal government has $5.95 trillion in assets and $129.06 trillion in liabilities. This you know, if this was a private company, it would be considered insolvent. Uh, but then again, you know, most private companies, well, no private companies have their own money printing press. Now, you know, I don't remember a lot from my study of accounting, but I do know that uh, $129.6 trillion in liabilities is less than ideal. Truth in Accounting's conclusion actually feels a little bit like an understatement. They said, because the federal government would need such a vast amount of money from taxpayers to cover this debt, it received an F grade for its financial condition. I mean, can we go with an F minus? Is there such thing as a G? 
As I've discussed, the only thing that keeps the federal government solvent is the fact that the Federal Reserve backstops the bond market and monetizes the debt. And, of course, it helps to have that money printing press. The central bank buys U.S. Treasuries on the open market with money created out of thin air. That's the debt monetization. This creates artificial demand for bonds, and it keeps interest rates low. All of this new money gets injected into the economy, driving inflation higher. We see this playing out before our very eyes as the Fed continues to expand the money supply by record amounts. As I talked about in depth last week, Jerome Powell has actually acknowledged that the federal budget is on an unsustainable trajectory, but he continues to insist that the current debt load is sustainable. He said there's no question of our ability to service and issue that debt for the foreseeable future. Of course, that's only true as long as the Fed keeps monetizing, and that could become problematic if inflation runs out of control. The only way to battle inflation is to tighten monetary policy, and the only way to feed the ravenous federal budget monster is to keep monetary policy loose. So that leads us to the $64,000 question, what will Powell choose? Of one thing I know we can be certain, the U.S. government won't suddenly stop spending money. So over the last several shows, I've mostly been focusing on the Fed, monetary policy, the economy, debt. Today, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about the gold market itself. There was some interesting news this week relating to gold demand. And, you know, over the last several months, there's been a lot of talk about a shift away from gold. Uh, you know, there's there's this mentality out there that maybe the gold market is in decline, that Crypto is going to become the new go-to safe haven for investors uh, and and that we're going to see the gold market shrink and shrink and shrink. I think uh, this talk of uh, you know, a problems in the gold market, the gold market's demise are a little bit premature. The truth of the matter is demand for gold is still very strong. We've not seen it necessarily in the big institutional investors, but there's been a huge demand for physical metal uh, and indi- uh, for individual investors. In fact, American Gold Eagle coin sales hit a 20-year high in the first quarter of this year. So, Who wants gold? Well, as I mentioned on the top of the show, we're seeing a big surge in demand in China and India, and that bodes well given that those countries rank one and two in global gold consumption. In fact, China just gave the green light for billions of dollars in gold imports. The People's Bank of China keeps a really tight control over how much gold enters the country through a system of quotas that it grants to commercial banks. According to multiple sources, the bank has authorized the import of 150 tons of gold valued at around $8.5 billion at current prices. This is supposed to happen uh, the end of this month, maybe going into May. The report notes that China's sudden appetite for gold could potentially, quote, support global prices. Now, unsurprisingly, demand for gold in China dried up during the height of the pandemic. A Chinese banker actually told Reuters that the central bank wasn't authorizing any gold quotas at all for a while. To give you an idea of the scope of the gold market, in 2019, China imported about 75 tons of gold every single month. Imports plunged in February 2020, falling to about 10 tons per month. So that's a huge hit on global gold demand. Reuters called the size of the expected Chinese gold imports, quote, a dramatic return to the global bullion market. 
Meanwhile, we've also seen a big jump in, uh, jump in gold demand in India. There were record-breaking imports of 160 tons of the yellow metal in March. In fact, imports there have gone up every month this year. Official gold imports into India came in at 91 tons in February, and that was a 103% increase year on year. So both China and India are starting to gobble up gold again like they were doing back in 2018-2019. India's central bank has also ramped up gold purchases. The Reserve Bank of India added 11.2 tons of gold to its holdings in March. That brings its total gold reserves to 687.8 tons. It was the highest monthly buying total on record. Last August, there were reports that the board of the Reserve Bank of India was considering significantly raising its gold reserves. Standard chartered analyst Suki Cooper told Reuters that the recovery of gold demand in China and India is, quote, critical in setting the floor for gold and should stop prices from falling further over the coming months. Now, Zero Hedge reported on the increase in Chinese gold imports and asked a really interesting question. Is this just the next stage in China seeing the writing on the wall for the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency? And is it paving the way for a gold-backed yuan? Now, in 2018, the Chinese launched a gold-backed yuan-dominated oil futures contract. These contracts were priced in yuan, but convertible to gold. And this raised the prospect that the rise of the petro-yuan could be the death blow for the dollar. You know, the, the petro-dollar is an extremely important pillar in global dollar hegemony. Last year, financial analyst Alistair McLeod speculated that the Chinese could escape a collapsing dollar by turning the yuan to gold. Now, it's impossible to know China's political motives. The increase in gold imports could simply be to meet surging consumer demand, as uh, the mainstream has reported, or it could be part of ongoing efforts to distance itself from the dollar, or it could be both. Regardless, if China's appetite for gold continues to grow, it will likely help support global demand and thus gold prices. It's going to be interesting to see if the People's Bank of China starts boosting its gold reserves again. You know, it bought a bunch of gold in 2018 and 2019, and then it kind of went silent. It's been like 14, 15 months since the Chinese Central Bank has announced any gold purchases. But that's been the typical modus operandi for the Chinese Central Bank. They buy a lot of gold, and then they go quiet, and then suddenly they announce a big increase in reserve. Uh, in reserves. A lot of analysts actually have predicted predicted that the Chinese bank will start buying gold again along with the Russians, who have also put their gold buying on pause. Speaking of central banks, the other big news in the world of gold was that Hungary tripled its gold reserves. It was one of the biggest central bank gold buys in decades. The National Bank of Hungary bought 63 tons of gold. That increased its total holdings to 94.5 tons, which is a record high for that country. You know, I think it's interesting to look at the reasons these central bankers gave for boosting their gold reserves. They are a lot of the same reasons I think regular investors should have gold in their portfolios. In a statement, the Hungarian Central Bank called gold a crucial reserve asset. Quote, as it carries no credit or counterparty risks, gold facilitates reinforcing trust in a country in all economic environments, which still renders it one of the most crucial reserve assets worldwide.
Now, counterparty risk is an important consideration. In simple terms, counterparty risk is the chance that one party in a financial transaction will default on its contractual obligation. Most of the time, my asset is somebody else's liability. So think about this. If I loan you money, the note that I hold is considered my asset. But there is always the possibility that you won't pay me back. So that's the counterparty risk. Or consider buying a stock. There is always the risk that the company will go bankrupt and the value of that stock will go to zero. Your asset, the stock, is that company's liability. Investments with lower levels of counterparty risk are typically considered to be safe investments. For instance, most people consider government bonds to be relatively risk-free. But there is still some level of counterparty risk. Governments can go bankrupt too. Just ask the folks in Detroit. Even dollars come with counterparty risk. Yes, greenbacks are backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, but you know that same government is $28 trillion in debt. Well, as I discussed earlier, even more than that. And even if you don't worry about default, the U.S. government, the counterparty when it comes to your dollars, devalues that currency as a matter of policy. As the Hungarian Central Bank notes, there is no counterparty risk when it comes to gold. If you buy precious metals, you can hold them in your hand, and nobody else has any claim to them at all. While bank deposits and short-term debt securities may be destroyed by bankruptcies or debt relief, you can't destroy the value of gold or silver. That's why central banks hold metals, and that's why maybe you should think about holding precious metals as well. The Hungarian bank also cited increasing government debts and inflation worldwide as a reason to hold more gold. Quote, the appearance of global spikes in government debts or inflation concerns further increase the importance of gold in a national strategy as a safe haven asset and as a store of value. Again, as I've been talking about for months, inflation is a very real threat to your wealth as well. Jerome Powell can keep calling it transitory and promising that it's just going to poof, go away. But that won't make it go away. Having something in your portfolio to hedge against inflation, I think, is key. And of course, gold and silver serves that purpose. You know, this isn't the first big boost in Hungarian gold holdings. They increased their reserves tenfold back in 2018. At the time, a bank official said, in keeping with the historical role of gold, it remains one of the safest instruments in the world, which even under normal market conditions exposes its stability and confidence. So if you want to learn more about holding gold and or silver in your portfolio, Talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metals specialist. Do it today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 or shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com and they can give you the lowdown on how gold can help you in your investment strategy. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shipgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes, Ship Gold YouTube channel. Uh, we're on Stitcher. Uh, you'll find links to all of this stuff on the show notes page. Don't forget we have a new silver report that is out, fully updated. It's worth downloading, also free. You can find that on the show notes page as well. I appreciate you listening to the show, and I'll talk to you next time.